tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Brodo uh, Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, doing it Broto style and discussing every single fantasy relevant player up until the start of the season this week. We are taking a look at the NFC South, and we are starting with a team in the news right now, the New Orleans Saints. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, joined by Mike Petrop. It's just the duo today, tag team, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app, the only one. For real, like we we were looking for competition and there is none. The only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team, and most importantly, and this is the most important thing, keep a winning team during the season and it's free for a limited time other places they have these apps you got to pay for them and they just stop right after draft season no this is the best part about the brodo fantasy app is we are going to continue through the season it's going to help you through the season even if you start 0-5 or 0-6 we'll get you to that place where you make the playoffs and make that fantasy run or if you start great it's here for you throughout the whole season and on the app Here's what you get. Fantasy player cards, constantly updated. Who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, advanced statistics, including, of course, true throw value, true target value, true performance value, rushing yards over expected, and points per opportunity, excluding TDs, free for a limited time to our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. Now, it's, I'm sorry, to thanks to the patrons. It's free for everyone. But the patrons are the real reason why it's free. Join now to support the show and to support the app, but most importantly, to join the community on Discord. Play in leagues with the Brodo Bros, get an extra podcast per week, waiver podcast, private team consultations, free giveaways, and more. And as always, the Brodo Hub for all things Brodo is BrotoFantasy.com. We just released a new feature um, for your drafts where you can go on BrotoFantasy.com and you have a cheat sheet of our rankings, not the expert consensus which is always trash not those people who everyone else has their rankings to no it's the brodo bros the ones you trust and we have a our rankings there for you now let's get into today the saints head coach sean payton offensive coordinator pete carmichael not a lot of people hear the name pete carmichael he's been the offensive coordinator for the saints since 2009 it's been a very, it's been a very very long time, um, but last year it was a different type of team. They ran the ball fifty one point four percent of the time last season. That is the closest ratio uh, to fifty fifty in the Peyton Carmichael era. Usually a lot more pass happy. The passing is really where it's at. Sixteenth in scoring uh, in scoring offense last season, and they have the fourth ranked offensive line. Very, very important that they have the fourth-ranked offensive line because they have a new quarterback. Despite what I wanted to see out of the Saints and what I banked on seeing, Jameis Winston has been named the starter. 
Um, that's that's one piece of big news, and we're gonna get to that right when we start with the Saints. But one little, um, a couple of denotes before we get started today. Number one, we've been trying to start this podcast for the last like forty-five minutes, and we've been having some mic issues. Our mic crapped out today, so Michael, who's with me, who hasn't talked yet, um, is going to be coming to us via a regular like like microphone on a headset. So if so he's not going to sound the greatest today. Bear with us please uh for the next two episodes. Um also, we just released the Jaguars um episode, but that was before the Travis Etienne injury. So Michael bef- before we get into the Saints and before we get into the new quarterback with the Saints, um I want to know what how you feel about James Robinson now that Travis Etienne has gone down. Yeah, so like Tim said, apologies. If you don't like my voice to begin with, it's going to be a rough episode for you. <laughs> we, uh, we're we going to get a mic and try to get this fixed ASAP. But anyhow, um, yeah, Tim, we recorded the Jaguars episode like a day before the Travis Etienne injury. Very frustrating and annoying when things like that happen. But, you know, it's the NFL offseason. Things like that do happen. And we were shitting on James Robinson. Uh, we said, you know, new – Regime, first overall quarterback, paired him with his college teammate. It was not a good recipe for James Robinson, and I didn't want a guy who was going to get 10 carries and one target a game on the bad Jacksonville Jaguars. And now James Robinson is set to be the guy again in Jacksonville with Travis Etienne now out the entire season. Um, He did basically split first-team work with Carlos Hyde, um, throughout the preseason, which is concerning because Carlos Hyde is just the devourer of fantasy running backs <laughs> for whatever team he's on. He just always seems to steal a bunch of work, and it doesn't really make much sense because he averages like three and a half yards per carry. And then, you know, he just everyone, all the coaches, are like, oh, I love this type of guy, even though he's just a plotter who gets 10 carries for 38 yards, and it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, James Robinson last year was very much a product of volume. Um, I talked about it a lot on the Jaguars heat wave, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but 32nd in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, 29th in yards per carry, negative EPA per attempt, negative rushing yards over expected. A lot of his success was just due to the fact that he had a 90% plus opportunity share in that backfield which is legitimately insane like we don't see we don't see that especially now these days anymore they were just running that dude into the ground jj zacharyson said that's the highest since like 2007 yeah it's like old school like who the bus and like jamal lewis type running backs but yeah so now james robinson obviously his adp has skyrocketed going off the board around rb20 I am not really interested in James Robinson at his current ADP. Um, I understand the look how good he was last year and all that, and now he's going to get all this volume. I do not think he's going to get the volume that he got last year, like the same amount of volume. It's definitely going to go down. It's definitely going to – he's definitely going to need to be more efficient. Yes, he has a better quarterback, but it's a whole new regime, new quarterback, new offense. We don't know how – effective that offense is going to be when you get to that range of like James Robinson, Miles Sanders, like I'm taking Sanders over James Robinson every single day of the week, right? Like I'm taking the upside with Sanders and not the volume plotter of James Robinson. He's basically the 
slightly better version of Mike Davis, I'd say. The guys who just don't really have much competition and is expected to get all the volume. So I think the uh, the people chasing James Robinson's season from last year are going to be a little disappointed. I don't expect it to be that way this season. I think he's going to have a lot more bust games because last year he was just ridiculously consistent from a volume perspective, which made him a ridiculously consistent fantasy asset. Um, so I just – he's someone that I'm not targeting at his current ADP just because he, I don't really want to trust – volume-based backs on bad offenses. All right, Michael. I mean, these are logical, valid points. But but there are a couple things that are, that to note. Number one, James Robinson was on the worst offense in the league last year. His quarterback was a sixth pick who just got traded as well, who was a sixth-round pick. Uh, they were 1-15. They were, were not well-coached. They were not well-managed. Everything about that team was a shit show except James Robinson. Um, yes, he was not that productive on a per carry basis. Um, he definitely wasn't someone who like wowed you on that. But when you're getting 90% of the carries and every single team is completely trying to stop you, um, and you're an undrafted free agent and you still had this kind of success despite that, I think there is something to be said about him improving in year two. Um, with that being said, Carlos Hyde, something that's also important to note is that Carlos Hyde played for Urban Meyer at Ohio State. So you have a situation where, where he is familiar with Carlos Hyde. For me, I think one of the unsung heroes of this trade is LaVishka Chenault. I was not a LaVishka Chenault fan at all. I did not think that I was not going into drafts, uh, drafting LaVishka Chenault to be, to be honest with you guys, I'm not. I'm trying to stay away from the Jaguars. I know I wasn't on the Jaguars show, but I'm that's a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach coming from college. It could hit, but you know, I was a big fan of maybe DJ Chark, but now it seems like DJ Chark is losing favor with the with the coaching staff. So I wasn't really on the bandwagon of any Jaguars. But now Travis Etienne was going to be that guy who kind of made this college into a college I mean this offense into a college offense right he was going to move around he was going to move around he was going to be in the slot he was going to catch the ball at the backfield he was going to do all these things does James Robinson have that skill set I don't know if he does I don't think he does does Carlos Hyde have that skill set definitely no we've seen enough Carlos Hyde to know that so who does and LaVisca Sinolt is kind of the guy now who's that Swiss army knife who is not only the slot receiver but probably will get some um, Debo Samuel type bubble screens and things like that now. So I think that LaVisca Chenault all of a sudden becomes someone that I was fading and now it's someone I'm okay with at ADP. Like he, I'm not yeah. like excited about him, but you know, I'm okay with him at ADP now. Like I'm, I get it. The fact that uh, LaVisca Chenault looks like he'll probably get a larger role, um, steal some of the Travis Etienne um, targets and all that stuff. I'm just not a big LaVisca Chenault guy. Like, I want an alpha wide receiver. Like, if if I'm looking for a second-year breakout, I want an alpha-type receiver. And LaVisca Chenault just isn't that alpha-type receiver, in my opinion. He's going to – sure, he'll get targeted a lot. Yeah, he'll get the short yardage, um, probably a bunch of yak opportunities and things of that sort. I'd rather have the alpha-type receiver. I, I personally would rather have DJ Chark 
who has a 1,000 yard season to his name, um, has shown that he could be productive if given a chance. I know he had a rough season last year, and it seems that he's not in great favor with the coaches. But he also, uh, he also is a third year player um, who has shown flashes in the past. And Marvin Jones Jr. on the other side, like he's old at this point. And injury-prone, people forget. Yeah, and Chark has been dealing with some injuries too, so it's not like he's been playing that much. I think he's – I'd prefer him to Chenault. I just – I want that alpha-type guy if I'm chasing a player on an offense that's not supposed to be very good. I got – I made a dynasty trade, and this is a bad trade. Do, this, do not let this – if this is your first episode with me, don't don't let this be an indication of how I am in fantasy. But I, I acquired Marquise Brown and DJ Chark – and I gave away Deontay Johnson, and that was a very bad trade for me. <laughs> I regret. I reg- I think about it almost every day. I hate bad trades. All right. Anyway, uh, shout out to Boyd though, who uh, got me to make that bad bad trade. He, uh, hey, a, a, a Brodo writer. Okay, so there you go. One Brodo to the next. We're supposed to be bros, man. Uh, with that being said, let's get into these Saints because this is an extremely interesting team. And Michael, you know, you're. What's your take on the quarterback situation? Because I was Team Taysom. I drafted Taysom in the Scott Fishbowl. I drafted Taysom Hill in, in every dynasty startup that I had. I have him on every dynasty team that I have. And so many wasted roster spots on Taysom Hill now. And it seems like it's only because Jameis Winston had a good half against the worst team in football in the preseason. Um, I know there's more to that. There's practice and everything like that. Um how do you what's your outlook for Jameis Winston now because Taysom Hill he was someone who could use his legs he was someone who could make things happen Jameis Hill Jameis Winston is not a a runner never has been never will be he's kind of goofy um he's a pocket passer pure so and now now he's he's you know Mike Thomas isn't in his number one receiver looks like it's Marquez Callaway how are you looking at this quarterback situation so I was on the team Taysom Hill starting quarterback because that's who they went with last year over Jameis Winston. Um, he played better than many people expected. Um, so I thought Taysom Hill was going to be a starting quarterback. I was also on team Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. I just didn't think they would go that route based on what we saw last year. But there you have it. They named Jameis Winston the starter. I was excited when Jameis Winston went to the Saints to back up Breeze because I was like, if they could help him his craziness. I've always been a Jameis Winston fan. I've always thought he is certainly an NFL caliber quarterback. Like He's better than the Jared Goffs of the world. He's better than the Derek Carrs of the world, in my opinion. Like I think Jameis Winston is certainly a middle-of-the-pack NFL quarterback, and I guess he earned that right over Taysom Hill this preseason. And... Now he's going to be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, and like you said, he doesn't have the options like he, the uh, the weapons like he did in Tampa Bay. Um, there's no Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and company. He's throwing to Marcus Callaway, an injured Adam Troutman, Alvin Kamara, and company. It's a big difference. Traquan Smith, and I do think that caps his upside. Like last time he played a full season in Tampa Bay. In 2019, he went 30-30 touchdowns and interceptions. So that shit was hilarious. But it was also a ton of fun for fantasy purposes. Like, he was the fifth-ranked player in fantasy points for quarterbacks. He had the third most big plays. He threw for over 5,000 yards. His average depth of target was second. His yards per attempt was fifth. 
Like, all this tells me is that, yes, he threw a lot of interceptions, but the guy's a damn good quarterback. Like, a top five yards per attempt and a second average depth of target is very impressive. That, Tim's giving me, like, a stank face right now. Yards per attempt is one of the most telling stats for quarterbacks when it comes to success. How about yards per interception? Yeah, he he throws a lot of interceptions, all right? I said he's a little crazy. But then um, uh, one of Cass's boys – now he was working for PFF, Taj Seth, um, pointed out that Jameis Winston, a lot of his interceptions were during third and long territories and plays of that sort where interceptions did not affect the outcome of the game. Nah. So it's, hmm. huh? I don't know about not affect the outcome of the game. But... All right, not affect the outcome of the game, but less less so than like a tie game. Gotcha. Like it was, it was third and long, he was trying to take a deep shot and he got intercepted. Things of that sort, like where he was trying to make a play, not so much, oh, I'm just going to force this terrible throw like we've seen from several quarterbacks um, like Daniel Jones. Do you see the Daniel Jones clip where he threw it directly this preseason directly to the defense? That shit was hilarious. I don't know. Like, I don't know what was going through his mind when he did that, but I was like, goodness gracious, I'm glad we're Jets fans and not Giants fans. I don't think I've ever said that. But, yeah, so now he's obviously – Drew Brees-esque um, in terms of, uh-oh, here comes Taysom Hill stealing goal line work and uh, coming in and making plays. So you're going to have to worry about that. There's certainly going to be Taysom Hill packages. That is a 100% fact. So that caps his ceiling a little bit. And then the fact that he doesn't have the Mike Evans to throw it to, the Chris Godwins to throw it to, I think that certainly caps his ceiling a bit. It's a Saints team that loves to use their running backs. I think uh, – Alvin Kamara is going to be the wide receiver one, the running back one. I think he's going to get a whole lot of work. Jameis Winston did throw the ball more to Alvin Kamara than um, Taysom Hill did in their limited samples. And basically running quarterbacks are always worse for pass catching running backs. So this certainly helps Kamara here. And I know you pointed out that Winston isn't a runner, but during that year in Tampa when he went 30-30, he did rush for 250 yards on uh, 59 rush attempts which was both both top 10 in the league. So he's not a runner, but he is like Baker Mayfield-esque, mm-hmm. where if he's forced to run, he'll use his legs a little bit. He's a goofy. He looks goofy. He's, he's goofy when he runs, yeah. But <laughs> look, I've always been a Jameis Winston fan. Sean Payton and the Saints have always had good offenses. Obviously, his ADP over all this time, if you snatched him, it was great for you. I don't think like all these people who are taking Winston late in best balls and things of that sort – like, I don't think he's going to be a, a best ball-winning quarterback. Like, I don't think he's going to be that impactful where it's like, oh, I Jameis Winston in the last round. Let's go. My best ball teams are so much better now. Like, he'll be decent. I don't think he's going to be, like, this superstar type guy. And I don't think the Saints are expecting that from him either, really, if he took this long to beat out Taysom Hill at the quarterback position. But, like, in the Scott Fishball, I got him at QB 31, and it's a super flex league. That I'm excited about, like the daily leagues, excuse me, the weekly season-long managed leagues where you could input James Winston into your lineups now. So his his ADP is certainly going to skyrocket. I'm probably going to rank him somewhere between my QB 14 to 17. I would rank him, if Taysom Hill wasn't there, I'd highly consider ranking him as a QB 1 just because of... How's that wild? Wild. I mean, he's he's doing a Marcus Callaway. As his number yeah, one receiver and, right now. And Alvin Kamara. If Alvin Kamara gets 80 yards after the catch, it counts toward Winston's stats, all right? So, <laughs> all right. Um, 
I'm probably going to end up ranking him as a mid-range QB2 as of now. Um, we'll see how it it goes in season. I do think the uh, the Saints would probably be better off going after a a receiver. But, I mean, if they're going to trust Callaway, Trey Quan Smith, and company, we'll see how that goes. But overall, I think they made the right choice going Winston overhill. One thing about Winston is that if you like, everyone remembers his thirty and thirty season, and everyone remembers his his season with Ryan Fitzpatrick, where whoever was starting was great. Um, but before that, he was kind of trash. Uh, he was like quarterback twenty something, <laughs> like you know. So is he is he a great quarterback? I don't know. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. I I don't want yeah. James Winston on my team, but it's gonna be fun to watch. I, I'll be very interested to watch this during the season. Um. One thing I do love about Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback is Alvin Kamara. Um, I think this makes it much more likely that Alvin Kamara uh, is more of the Alvin Kamara that you'd expect to see from a traditional quarterback. And because now, like, he's the goal linebacker, and Taysom Hill won't be stealing like RPOs from him. And if Jameis is, I know Jameis had 250 yards that one year. Yes, fine. But if Jameis is in trouble, he's going to outlet pass it to Alvin Kamara. He's not going to run it himself. So Alvin Kamara has the opportunity to have a Christian McCaffrey type season this year. Latavius Murray has not been good during the offseason. Um, Rumors are he might get cut off the team completely. Not that I was worried about that, but this team is probably going to be so run-heavy that Latavius People Murray... People love Tony Jones now. Right, I mean... The, uh, the preseason superstar. I was going to say, Tony Jones is someone to think about in deep drafts, just to think about it. Or someone to maybe handcuff Kamara with with your last pick. Because Alvin Kamara does have a history of getting injured. And he didn't last year, so everyone's... Everyone forgot about it, but he has a history of getting injured. So just keep that in mind. With that being said, Alvin Kamara, if you take him as the number three pick, uh, that's where I'd take him. I would consider taking him number two over Dalvin Cook. And if I'm really crazy, I would maybe consider him over CMC. But he could be CMC, so I'm going to take CMC first overall. But that's a, that's a how high Alvin Kamara can go. So, I mean, there's really nothing else to say except this is a fantastic move for Alvin Kamara. Um, it's probably also a good move for the wide receivers. Um, let's talk about Marquez Callaway because Marquez Callaway has been someone undrafted free agent, um, really wasn't expected to do much on this team. Elvin Ryan, someone we respect a lot um, in the fantasy football community, Lives in New Orleans. Shout out to the New Orleans community right now. Getting ravaged by another hurricane. Um, him and his family left. Good luck to you guys, by the way, um, if you're listening. So, Elvin Ryan is a guy that lives in New Orleans, plugged into the Saints. He's been talking about Marquez Callaway for a while now. Um, so, it made me pay attention. And if you didn't know that he was an undrafted free agent... It doesn't jump off the page as if he is. He has good size. He has really good speed. You saw it in the preseason. And Jameis Winston likes to uncork balls down the field. What are your thoughts on Marquez Callaway, Michael? Do you, is that someone that because he because in my I just I'm in the fantasy teacher draft right now, um, the the teacher tournament for fantasy, 
And Marcus Callaway just went in the 10th round. I, that's a little, that's, it's a little nuts. Yeah. It's a little nuts because yeah. when Michael Thomas comes back, Marcus Callaway is probably not going to be a thing anymore. He might be. Uh, we'll see. And we also don't know how long Michael Thomas is going to be out. But I'm with you. I'm always wary of these, like, super ADP risers based on preseason performances. Like, we've seen guys in season, like Travis Fulgham, have some magnificent games and then just completely they're washed out and they're done. Um, Jonas Gray on the Patriots did that, that three touchdown, most, like 200 yards. The most infamous ever. Yeah. So, like, and now we have Marcus Calloway, who he was solid last season, you know, doing his – he was, like, he had a couple of good games here and there. He was – he wasn't really a, used as, like, a downfield threat. He was more so being used near, like, the line of scrimmage. But, like you said, he's a UDFA. He he has been playing better. Um, just the fact that he's a UDFA makes him a little more risky than – higher draft picks because uh, even though UDFAs do come out of the woodworks like Adam Thielen style, it is less likely for them to be effective NFL players than it is first, second, third round receivers. Um, But he's going to get an opportunity here. But like, I'm just, I'm weary of these guys who rise in ADP like crazy because now he's basically going as a top 40 wide receiver. Someone you could have gotten in like the 18th round as like wide receiver a hundred three weeks ago. And it's because he caught, yes, there were very impressive catches against Jacksonville, but because he caught two touchdowns against Jacksonville. Very bad secondary. Like, what what happens if they didn't play Jacksonville their second preseason game? Like, Taysom what if Hill played, would be the starter. No, for real. Like, what <laughs> if they, they played, like, the Bears or something, and the whole offense struggled? Marcus Callaway would not be going top 40 receivers. People like to really buy into preseason hype. I'm not one to really do that unless it's like painstakingly obvious that everyone's been wrong about a guy and he's just showing out. That could be the case. Cohen was like that a couple years ago. Yeah, that could be the case. Or like Philip Lindsay. He was getting a bunch of burn and no one expected him. They were just like, oh, whatever. But people should have been keeping an eye on that. But anyways, yeah, maybe Callaway does pan out at his current ADP, but going inside the top 40 receivers and such at this point, it's just a little too rich for my taste, especially when just three weeks ago, even he wasn't even close to this sort of ADP. He was going like the 15th to 18th type of rounds near like wide receiver 70 plus. So look, if he does ball out good for him, that would be awesome as a UDFA. It's always great when things like that happen. I just, I don't know if I want to put too much stock into it. I'm not huge on uh Traquan Smith either. Like I'm just a little scared of that that wide receiver room but some someone's gonna have to produce outside of alvin kamara so so here are some here are some names that you can think about you said traquan smith who's been hurt um and we've also seen traquan smith be the number one guy and not really live up to that so you got deontay harris who is a is, is five six um an interesting one that I see here, and this is on this is according to our lads depth charts, who are, are pretty good usually, but they do have Taysom Hill listed in front of Jameis at the moment. Um, so take that. You got Lil Jordan Humphrey, Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh rookie. Um Ty Montgomery is an interesting one to me. Because Ty Montgomery, um he was a he was a wide receiver for the for the Packers. And then he switched over to running back because he needed a running back. He was the running back for the Panthers and then got signed by the Jets. 
as a running back, played running back for a year, and then went to the Saints as a running back, was a running back last year, and now is listed as a wide receiver. So maybe, I don't know what Ty Montgomery's doing, but I always liked the talent of Ty Montgomery. They have Kevin White. For those of you who don't remember Kevin White, Kevin White is a... um, a, an injury bust. I wouldn't call him a bust bust. An injury I bust. I think Kevin White might have even been cut, so he's he's done. Okay, so Kevin White's not even on the team no more. Chris Hogan. They like these are guys you're not drafting, but and there's no real reason to keep an eye on them. So because of that, that's why I'm a little nervous about Jameis. That's why I'm a little nervous about Jameis. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Someone who can fill in though is Adam Troutman, who's also been injured. Michael, how do you feel about this tight end room? The the running back is this is a pretty easy team to kind of like you want this guy you don't want this guy you don't want this guy except for the tight end Adam Troutman is someone who I could see being one of those top tight ends if he if he turns out to be the guy or he could not play for like five games and be injured on and off and Nick Vanette his backup is not you know anything special so how do you feel about Adam Troutman Yeah Adam Troutman was someone I I wasn't targeting. Um much at his ADP I thought it was a little ridiculous that people like to assume right people like to take chances on players I like to take chances on players too I just like to take more logical chances on players like Adam Troutman had all this hype around him because literally because second year tight end in a Saints offense expected to play more that's it like no one ever talks about Adam Troutman as like an athletic beast or like, oh, this guy's a great receiver. Every single positive outlook from fantasy folk regarding Adam Troutman was he's going to play a lot. Opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. Oh, he's going to play a lot. Uh, yeah, so a lot of players play a lot and don't really produce. So just from that, like he was going in the top like 15 tight ends. Like I'd rather have Gerald Everett. I'd rather have Austin Hooper. I'd rather have Johnu Smith. I'd rather have a bunch of Rob Gronkowski. Like I'd rather have all these guys than Adam Troutman and they're all going later than him or similar to him in ADP. So I wasn't really targeting him there. And then he got hurt and yes, he avoided a big injury, but he didn't have a single reception, a single reception yard in the preseason. He's not getting the reps in with Jameis Winston anymore currently because of the injury. We don't know if he's even going to be able to start the season healthy. I understand the, uh, the appeal in the second year breakout tight end camp. Um, a lot of people like that's exactly what you're looking for when it comes to tight ends. That second, third year breakout and third, something to build off third of. Third year, a lot more often than second year. And t- for tight ends, yeah. the third year breakouts really where it's at. Yeah, and exactly. And Troutman was a, a third round pick. His combine was decent, like, but he doesn't jump off the page. He is 6'5, which is gi- a ginormous human. So he could be used as a red zone target. But now that he's hurt and dealing with that and not getting reps with Winston, I'd rather stay away from Troutman. Um, if he's on the waiver wire and you want to add him during the season, we'll see how it goes. But he's not someone I'm going to like actively target. And there's no way like I'm going to go into a season with Troutman as my tight end and be like, yeah, I'm ready to go. There's, there's just no way that happens. Wow, interesting. So you're really down a consensus on Troutman because I, I see the – I see where Troutman could be good. I see it. I mean, he. I have to look up exactly how bad his his uh, 
his injury is. Because right now, NFL teams don't have to be fully forthright with these injuries at the moment. So it's hard to know. But they just keep saying he's out, he's out, he's out, he's out, he's out. Will this last into the season? Will this not last into the season? Um, I don't know. We're we're gonna have to see. That's a big that's a big time thing. But if he's healthy, um, he's he's someone that could really really burst onto the scene. So I see why people are taking him. Uh, he was carted off the field, by the way. Um, expects to wait to to miss three weeks at most, according to twenty four seven Sports. Uh, Saints Wire at USA Today says Adam Troutman believed to have dodged a serious injury. Um, Pro Football Talk says Troutman escaped a major injury, but this is something that's going to probably keep him out week one or at least limit him week one. So you have to have a backup option anyway in your drafts if you're adding adding Adam Troutman. But this could drop his ADP a little bit to somewhere where it's manageable. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sure, but uh, I don't know. It just... I feel like this injury, like we can't say one injury away for the Saints because it, the Saints are an injury away all over. You know, like I guess Tony Jones, Deontay Foreman, I mean, uh, Deontay Freeman is, uh, Devonta Freeman, excuse me, is in the, uh, is on the team. That could be so? a, a guy. So? <laughs> yeah, like this whole team, like, this, the, you know, Marcus Calloway is one injury away and the injury has happened. So I, I think that's where I'm, le- that's where I'm at. I'd go Taysom Hill if Javis Winston goes down. Because <laughs> then Taysom Hill becomes a QB1. Interesting interesting to me, and we'll see what Sean Payne does, is now that Taysom Hill is not playing anymore, we know we know he likes Taysom Hill. Yeah. Does Taysom Hill just like line up as a wide receiver slash tight end slash like Kyle Pitts-ish kind of person every snap? Is he like a, a frisk? You know I didn't really think about that because they definitely need weapons. Right. So does he like why can't he just step in as the starting tight end if Adam Troutman's out or something like that? That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Or even even more than that, like uh, you know, he'll be the the slot receiver too, like slot receiver, and then like you know the the NFL rage right now is like um, is jet sweeps. Like, what if you could do a jet sweep and you have a fucking guy who can throw it? Launch it 70 yards if you wanted right. to. Right. All of a sudden, you got the defense on its heels. Huh. Let's go. I'm gonna... calling for a college-style offense with Winston <laughs> and Hill. Now. I mean, look, it, they're going to have to figure out something because Drew Brees isn't there anymore, and that's a Hall of Famer that's gone. Even when he's bad, he's good. And Sean Payton is a, is a great mind and made Drew Brees into, you know, from an okay quarterback with the Chargers to a, a superstar quarterback. Um, Hall of Fame quarterback with the Saints. I wouldn't say okay, better than okay, but Hall of Famer with the Saints. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Anyway, our batteries are out. We're lucky we're even recording now. This could stop at any time. You can find Michael. Where can you find them? I brought off F Mike. If we stop randomly, it's because the batteries ran out and we're not we can't, just we're say, not recording. Just say bye. Just, I just gotta throw many. in heat wave for Jason. Uh, hold on at Tim at Brodo. Uh, FF Tim at Brodo FF Jason at Brodo FF Cas uh, Casanova uh, at Brodo Fantasy BrotoFantasy.com Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Uh, we'll see you next time with the with the Falcons. I'm gonna be animated. I'm gonna be very animated during that Falcons episode. Later. Later. Gotta say Heat Wave now. Heat Wave. Uh, he's no Jason. <laughs>